And we are live for the 33rd episode of the Bronx Bomber Bout podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi. And tonight, I'm with Andrew. What's up, man? And I'm with G. What's up? And man, goddamn, do we have a good episode for, for all of you, man. We have a happy episode. We haven't had a lot of those this season. It seems like every time we're potting, it's, you know, coming off a series loss or whatever. But, man, the Yankees just won five out of six games this week. We didn't have a pod in the middle of the week, so we're going to kind of recap the two games of Boston real quick and then go over the four-game set against Kansas City, talk about the exciting game that happened Sunday. And, yeah, just we're just going to get into it. Uh, happy we're recording this on Sunday. Happy Easter to everyone who, who's listening to this either you know during the week, Monday. Um, man, what – just what what a week for Yankees baseball. Obviously, you know, it's not all uh not all roses and flowers because uh, you know, obviously Aaron Judge is hurt, oblique injury. We'll get into that. Um the last <laughs> Andrew just mentioned the last episode was titled, Can we please get healthy? Uh no, we can't actually. It's it's, it's a sick joke. But yeah, guys, um let's just let's get right into it. You know, let's not waste any time. Let's just talk about these games. Uh, it all started Tuesday. Um you know, the White Sox series was a little bit disappointing, more frustration, more more, more just angst, you know. The, the Yankees weren't looking good. And then, you know, the Red Sox came to town. And a Tuesday night, James Paxton, Chris Sale. And, wow, James Paxton really outdueled Chris Sale. Uh, he was phenomenal. Eight innings, a shutout ball, 12 strikeouts. Um, you know, uh, spoiler alert, he did pretty much the same thing Sunday against Kansas City, uh, man, he was he was unbelievable. And then, obviously, Chris Sale, the Yankees did a great job against him. Mike Talkman, um, I'm going to have a lot to say about Mike Talkman later in the episode. <laughs> um, he had a big double off uh, Sale and followed it up with his first career home run. I mean, he had a huge week. Um, an 8 nothing drubbing of Boston on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday – it was a little bit of a different game, right? Um, Nate Evaldi was on the mound, and we all know how the Yankees do against guys that used to play for them. Not good. And you know, he I think he had six innings, one run, but it wasn't earned, so he was very good. But Red Sox handed it over to the bullpen like we've seen at the Yankees this year. Didn't work out for him. Uh, Brandon Workman came in, loaded the bases. Gardy gets up. Um, I believe they brought in Brazier to face Gardy. 0-2 pitch, fastball from the zone. Grand slam for Gardy. Spark the Yankees win. Yanks win 5-3. Two-game sweep of the Sox. Uh, gee, what was your uh, biggest takeaway from that two-game set against the Red Sox? I think really it's just that they can still find ways to win these games, and that's obviously going to be super important now that they've lost pretty much like the cornerstone, right, the glue that holds the whole roster together and what was the only main guy who hadn't gotten hurt to this point, like – you basically have, other than Glaber Torres now, I hope I didn't just jinx him, but you basically just have, right, all your bench players, all your, you know, first calls from AAA, they're all playing now. So, and you have to find ways to win these games because they still count. So, um, you know, Brett Gardner and, you know, Clint Frazier and Talkman, like these guys just, you know, they're playing every day now and they're just, you know, they produce, they're able to grind out wins this week. And that's obviously... Um, you know, it was aided by mostly pretty good pitching throughout the week. So, I mean, it's not plan A, obviously, but it's, you know, you just got to find a way to keep getting these wins. You know, we, we kind of talked about it earlier 
today in our uh, in our in our group chats. But um, with all these guys injured, uh, we we kind of have a different roster construction than we expected. Uh, there's not a lot of home run hitting guys. You have a bunch of guys who are you know, just kind of hoping to show up and, and put together a good at bat. And, and to be honest, it, it kind of worked this week. Um, you know, who knows what you're going to get from Talkman long term, but he had, I mean, are, you know, inarguably the best week of his career hitting three home runs. Uh, Clint Frazier continues to, to hit bombs left and right and be a force into the lineup. Gardner, I mean, the guy has struggled for the most part of the year, but I mean, you can't take anything away from him hitting a home run and arguably the biggest moment of the season down two against the Red Sox late in the game. Uh, this is what the team is right now. And unfortunately losing judge puts just about every regular position as a, as a preseason Scranton Wilkes-Barre real rider guy. But I mean, they found a way to win these games. Um, and who knows what what you're gonna what what Chris Sale is gonna become later in the year? But I mean, they they really really kind of just owned him from the get go, and and I and I love to see the team's aggressiveness, and it's it's good to see that they're not cowering away, knowing that guys like Hicks and Stanton and Sanchez and Gregorius aren't in the lineup. That the guys are rising to the occasion. Yeah, we talked about it a bit, Andrew. Um, if this team was fully healthy. You, no one would be screaming up because trust me, there's a lot of people on Twitter that even when this team is fully healthy, they'll have a couple bad games where they don't produce and it's all of a sudden, hey, play more small ball, right? Look, you're not going to play a small ball when you have Gary, Judge, Stanton, Hicks, Glaber all in your lineup, right? You, you don't need to. Those guys are most likely going to produce. But when you have a lineup like this, it almost just you naturally play a small ball. It, it's, it's almost like you don't need to force it. It just happens. You know, in that situation, uh, in Sunday, obviously we're talking about the Red Sox series, but in Sunday's game, there was a great, you know, a lot of small ball won us that game at the end. And, you know, in this Red Sox series, it was just nice to see. Obviously, Clint is just raking everyone, but Clint just like getting a bomb off for uh, sale. You know, just it just shows you, man, this dude's a major league hitter. I, I've We've talked about his outfield abilities or his lack thereof <laughs> outfield abilities. And, you know, he, he's working on, he had a, he nailed a guy at home. I forget which game that was in. I believe it was Thursday um, from right field. It was a beautiful throw. So, I mean, he's got, he's definitely has an arm. He's got some talent out there. He just, I think it's a matter of focus, just, you know, learning, learning to play that position better. But yeah, m- my biggest takeaway from the Red Sox series really was just this team starting pitching needs to carry them. Obviously Paxton Tuesday night was phenomenal. You're, you're not banking on a performance like that every game, obviously like uh, those are far and, view between but you know Hap start Wednesday he starts off he gives up the home run to JD in the first inning then he gives up another home run I believe in the next inning a two-run shot to Christian Vasquez and it's looking like another terrible start it's looking like his fourth straight terrible start of the year and then he grinded through it he gave the Yankees he ended up going six and a third innings three runs I mean that you'll take that every time if your starter can go into the seventh inning and get you 19 outs man and only give three runs that's that's solid that's it was a great job by Hap um, but yeah, this, just that, you know, getting two against the Red Sox and obviously, you know, the Red Sox just swept the Rays three game sweep in Tampa, three close games. So, I mean, obviously the Red Sox, despite their record, they're still a damn good team. And most, just like the Yankees, they're most likely going to figure it out. But 
Let's move on to this uh, Kansas City series, shall we? And no, no reason to talk about the Reds. Those two easy wins against the Red Sox, right? Um, yeah, Thursday, Kansas City. Uh, this was the one game of the week that, uh, you know, just didn't really go the Yankees' way. Uh, Domingo Herman started this one. Pitched, pitched well, six innings, three runs, but uh, nine strikeouts over six innings too, but you know, overall, the Yanks' offense just was kind of non-existent. Um, they were just getting just getting shut out. Only four hits in the game. Jonathan Holder still sucks. I mean, I'm like, I feel like Jonathan Holder's been in every game this year. Like he's just like, like no matter. It's not even like a Boone thing where he used him in the wrong spots. He just uses him in like every spot. Like he's just, he's just. I feel like he's had about nine or ten appearances this year, and he's given up a run in almost all of them. So you know, Jonathan Holder, he was good last year, but man. He's been he's been tough this year, you know. Comes in and really for Ramon, kind of just puts the game out of reach with his shitty pitching. Uh, Yanks lose six one, and yeah, well that was the one loss of the week though. I said I think I said in the previous pod that this team needs to go four and two this week. That should be the goal, and they would reach that because uh, you know Friday was another CC start, and man, how about fucking CC man? In both his starts since he's got back, he's pitched five innings, both starts, right? Understandable, you don't want to push him. And hasn't given up an earned run in either start. Uh, the Friday start, he gave up a run, but it wasn't earned. And, yeah, I mean, just Guardian and Talkman both going deep again, um, fueling the offense. Uh, the bullpen was solid. I think Sessa in the sixth inning allowed a run, but still kept the lead intact. Um, yeah, the Yanks win this one 6-2. And, uh, guys, like we talk, we keep talking about CeCe, but, I mean, how impressed have you guys been with CC so far? It's two starts. He hasn't allowed an earned run yet. Um, <clears throat> CC is just—he's just awesome, man. Like you have to really appreciate him. And I think you know it's being talked a lot about now that he's back and he's pitching again. Like the reinvention of CC since you know when did he start to lose it? Maybe around like 2013 initially. Like you know the reinvention of you know pitching with like. 89, 90 mile an hour stuff, you know, having to use, you know, cutters and off-speed pitches and all that stuff and be able to just really pitch to people instead of just throwing your 95 plus mile an hour fastball by him. Um, it's really awesome. And having him back, I think, on the mound, you know, if he's going to pitch shutout ball, that's obviously like, you know, that's what you want. But I think having him be there and be a leader and go out and perform on the field is just, a big lift to everyone in the pitching staff. And to be honest, I'm honestly not really all that surprised. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk in the offseason that Brian Cashman could have gone out and gotten a guy like Patrick Corbin or, you know, you fill in the blank starter. Um, but instead he brought back CC uh, just because he's a clubhouse leader and he's going to pitch three, four innings every start. Like that, that concept is so overblown. Like this guy knows how to pitch. He's a future Hall of Famer, and he's not going to give the Yankees seven, eight innings every start. But like he's damn sure going to give you five or six solid innings on most nights. Like there's going to be a couple times where he gets, you know, hit. But like that's true for any pitcher in baseball. CC immediately ejected himself into this rotation and gave the team exactly what they needed. We won one of three games against Chicago last week, and he was the one on the mound who threw five shutout innings. And Friday, 
you know, you won two games against Boston and you had a really piss poor performance on Thursday, but he got the team right back on track. This guy, obviously you can't understate what he provides to the clubhouse, but he's going to go out on the mound and give you quality innings. And by, you know, a month or two from now, we're going to talk about he has 250 career wins. He has 3,000 career strikeouts. Like, this guy's career has been built on consistency and solid performances, and the Yankees know that that's what he's going to provide every fifth day. Yeah, what's he, uh, six strikeouts away from 3,000? So very, very likely he gets that in his next start, a um, few wins away from 250. And he said he was thinking, I think he told Meredith that he was thinking about it. The three kept looking up at the scoreboard because he knew that he's close. And, yeah, just – Great accomplishment for CC. Guys are surefire. It, I think it like maybe four or five years ago, it wasn't all that clear that he was a Hall of Famer. He's still a probable Hall of Famer. But now I think with this, his whole reinvention and him having three consecutive, four consecutive uh, really good years, it just really just puts things into perspective and shows how great of a pitcher the dude is. He's almost 40 years old. Um, move on to the game uh, Saturday. Yankees, another, this, you know, this was. It was literally the perfect game until, you know, the sixth inning with what happened to Judge because, you know, the Yankees, this was another game where their offense was just cooking. I mean, it starts off Judge, Oppo, home run in the first. Clint gets another homer in the second. Um, in the th- we thought it was 5 nothing in the third, but a Gla- Glaber Torres home run that was interfered with with a fan in left field got called for an out. Um, just a ridiculous call. Boone got ejected for it, for arguing it. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was either going to be a homer or a double, but it turned out that the umpires assumed the outfielder was going to make a leaping catch over the wall. So anyways, it, it really didn't matter because Mike Talkman in the fourth inning, three-run shot, his third of the week, third of his career, makes it 5 nothing. Next up, next pitch, I believe, DJ Mayhew gets his first home run as a Yankee to right center, makes it 6 nothing. Yanks would win this one 9-2. Obviously, the... The, the big news, the big story out of this one is in the sixth inning, Aaron Judge gets a base hit to right field, and right away, can't be going to first. You, you could tell he, it's, it's an oblique. He comes right out of the game, Judge to the IL the next day. Um, it's a significant injury. It's a significant oblique uh, strain. Boone said uh, no timetable for his return. He'll be re-evalu- reevaluated in two weeks. Um, yeah, before we get into Judge, uh, uh, I just want to mention Tanaka, another great start for him. Seven innings, one earned, seven Ks, uh, just a one home run. He led up to Whit Merrifield in the sixth. He Just another great start for him. Uh, starting pitching has been phenomenal. But, guys, this this judge news, I mean, we, we got to – I hate to make this positive podcast uh, a little bit negative here, but, oh, man, like I'm not even going to ask how we feel about the judge news because I mean, we're all gutted. But, I, I mean, just – gee, what when you – when Judge got hurt, I mean, what what were your what were your thoughts? Were was it immediate doom and gloom? Was it uh, no, he's going to be okay? Uh, what what were you thinking when Judge was taken out of that game? Uh, I mean, it's hard to really run from it, especially because of the tone of you know the way the Yankees addressed it after the game. Like Boone, you know, we didn't get the results until you know Sunday morning, really. But Boone seemed to know something like. And especially because he came right out of the game, you know, he grabbed his side as soon as he hit the ball. Like, it looked bad. And, uh, you know, they didn't run from it. They said it was significant. And it's hard to feel any way, really, but not great about that. Um, 
and obliques are you know, usually pretty tricky anyway, so it's hard to imagine seeing him for, I don't know, I mean, what, middle June, something like that. Like, um, But, I mean, it's bad, and I, I'm not saying, like, it's going to sink their season because there's still plenty of it left, but, like, he's, you know, he's, like, the guy, right? He's the leader. He's the one that we all say is going to be the captain of the team. Like, you know, he's, you know – the one on the top step high five and everyone when they come back, like he's like the guy, he's the face of the team. And it just sucks that, you know, the bug, the injury bug that's plagued this team finally got to him. And I mean, I think they'll be, they should be okay. If, you know, you know, some of these other guys come back in relatively short order, but it just really sucks to see that because he's like the man in the middle of it all. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty numb to all these injuries at this point. I mean, you lose as many guys that this team has lost this early in the year, and it's it's just another punch in the gut. Um, I mean, thank goodness for the way Talkman and, and Frazier have been playing to, to kind of subsidy the fact that we're going to lose our best player, our clubhouse leader, for, I mean, up to, what, five to seven weeks. Um, I think it's, I think it's like yeah six seven weeks I think is the most, yeah hopefully quicker but that's yeah as as far as as the clubhouse impact Boone said he's going to stay with the team he's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks but I mean he's going to be traveling with the team he's going to be in the dugout you know every game so I mean at least they have that but I mean you you can't replace what he provides nope. on the field in right field and and even just the impact psychologically that he has at bat, even if he's not performing. If he has a game where he, you know, is batting the two hole over four with four strikeouts, I mean, just the psychological impact he still applies to the opposing pitcher that game still trickles down through the rest of the lineup. Uh, I mean, there, there's no way that they can replace that. I mean, we have a little bit of good news that, um, I mean, Boone reported before the game, Gary is going to be rejoining the team in L.A. this week. Um, Stanton's not far behind him. Uh, Hicks will be probably playing in some minor league games by next week. I mean, those are all good, good signs. And, you know, the sum of the guys we're going to be getting back will ideally surpass the negative impact of losing judge by himself. But it, I mean, he's been more or less the team's iron man. The one guy who will fight their injuries. We know what he went through in 2017 after, he injured his shoulder in the home run derby. Um, yeah, it, it, Michael Kay kind of really captured the moment best during the broadcast yesterday, um, Saturday, I should say, if you're listening on Monday. Um, the stadium was was dead quiet yeah. when he got pulled out of that game. I mean, every fan in attendance knew the impact. It wasn't just like, oh, okay, judge is hurt. We have someone running the bases. It was like, oh, shit. This is bad. This is really it, bad. It this a, is the bad place. Yeah, it was such a. Are you fucking kidding me, Grant? Yeah. Uh, it was just like, all right, no. Like, and my. everyone knew it, and yeah. everyone felt it, and there was no way, yeah, to avoid when, how I bad it was. It, when I knew what it was bad is when they're, you know, they were just showing Judge when he walked back in the dugout, and you, he just let out a loud, audible fuck that the no, that bomb was. That's like when that. I. That's when I was like. God, it's bad. If he's screaming fuck, like he know, like no one knows themselves better than, than like you know, their own person. And judge, like he, he just knew. 
he just knew it was it wasn't good then that he was going to be out and that obviously judge knows as well as anyone all the injuries this team's dealt with and he just he's like man i'm going to be right there he, he knew it right away but man it, it i think michael kent another thing they brought up on the broadcast that was such a great point is i mean you look at I mean, all these guys out, like Jacoby Ellsbury, if he was still a human being, I mean, he would be playing every day. No doubt about it. We talked about it earlier. We don't hate Ellsbury because he's bad at baseball. The guy's actually a decent – even even though he's, you know, not his his MVP form, right? He wasn't what he was when he was stealing all those bases. He's still a solid ball player that would be a very nice addition to this uh, lineup over the next few weeks. But, I mean, he, they had to move him to the 60-day or IL. Uh, recently because he's just – he's really not close. Right, right. I mean, you talk about what the Yankees went through last year when Judge got hit in the wrist and missed, what, 45 games. We had Shane Robinson hitting under 200. I mean, like, there's no way to avoid how bad and how much of a drain that is on your offense. I mean, if you plug in a a healthy Jacoby Ellsbury, he's not going to light the world on fire. But if he hits, let's say, 240, 250 with minimal pop, but he's going to steal a couple bases – and provide you decent on base, like bunch of catches. That's still a comparable. I mean, like that still gives you like roughly league average, you know, average player replaceable value in the lineup, and you could survive some injuries with a guy like that filling in. Yeah, uh, we really we can't forget Jacoby Ellsbury would probably have like a four hundred thirty on base percentage with all his catchers interference that he gets on by. I mean, well, I mean, I remember, I remember they were talking Adam, about it one telecast when he like broke their like, yep, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury. I think he needs like one more catcher's interference to like break the record. And like seconds later, he got it. Like, oh my god, it's, that's it's such a such a sneaky skill by by the wily veteran Ellsbury. Yeah, I mean, we can forget about him even more now because I think I forget who it was on Twitter. Someone said like, you know, or maybe it was a quote from Aaron Boone. I think they said like, you know, something popped up on it's prevented him from even moving forward with more baseball activities. So it's kind of just like whatever shrug, ho-hum. He's just like dead again, basically. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So judge just get gutting news. I mean, this, you know, it's just another injury this team's going to have to deal with. Right. Um, but let's talk about the game on Easter, uh, Easter Sunday, Yankees looking for the series win over the Royals looking to conf- win their fifth game of the week, um, man, James Paxton, once again, the second time this week, was just nails. And he went six innings in this one. Another 12 strikeouts. Um, I think they said he was only the second Yankee pitcher ever to record 12 strikeouts in consecutive games, the other being David Cohn. I think he did in, like, 97. Um, I just, I just Paxton was unbelievable. I think he had eight straight strikeouts at one point. Um, he t- got taken out in the seventh. Uh, you know, it was a it was a five nothing game, right? It was the Yankees got two early runs, Clint three run shot. It was actually a bomb. I think four hundred thirty feet to left center. He he's just in the zone right now. But you know, it's never easy with this Yankees team, is it? It, it really isn't because man, Chad Green and Adam Adovino just I mean, were they they almost they they almost ruined Easter. They, they literally almost ruined Easter, the two of them. Uh, Chad Green comes in. To be fair, uh, you know, uh, first of all, I want to give Canley a shout-out because he came in for Paxton, shut the door, got a couple strikeouts. He's been very good this year. Um, Chad Green comes in, gives up a blue pit that went between Ford, Frazier, 
you know, and you know, it's whatever, blue pit, fine. And then walk and another hit makes it bases loaded and nobody out. Five run game. So Ottavino comes in, our best reliever this year, right? Everything's gonna be fine. But um double makes it five two. So then we're like, okay, still two on. It's it's all right. Ottavino got outs to work with a trade out for a run here. Then Alex Gordon decides to hit a three-run homer to tie the game. And then the next pitch, Dozier hits a solo home run to, to take the lead. And in literally the blink of an eye, the Yankees went from leading 5 nothing to losing 6-5. to five. And, man, I, I I almost canceled Easter. Like, I, I almost just called everything off. I almost kicked everyone out of my head. It was bad. It was, it was really looking uh, grim right there, but. Man, this Yankees team, like I've said before, they just never stop fighting. Bottom of the eighth, you know, right back at him. Austin Romine, RBI single. Um, game goes to extras. The Yankees get two on in the tenth. Uh, they have Tyro Estrada making his first major league at bat. They have him bunt, lays down a perfect bunt, put it second, third, so one. So perfect. Out. Like just you could not place a ball better than he did, right? You if you said, all right, place a ball where you want it to go, roll it with your hand, you couldn't do it better. I mean, it was just honestly perfect. Tough situation for the kid in his first major league at bat, especially against a guy like Ian Kennedy, who's been very good this year. Um, not you know, not the closers usually aren't easy to bunt against, right? Because they usually have some hard stuff, they're usually throwing a lot of junk. So especially in that spot in the game when everyone knows you're trying to bunt. And Austin Romine comes up. He had already had two hits on that day, and he gets a third, third hit, third RBI. It probably would have been a you know just a sack fly if the outfield was playing arm depth, but goes over their heads, walk-off single. Yankees win seven six. I mean, might be one of like the best, you know, one of the best wins of the season by far. Um you know, the Yankees bullpen, Green Obvino almost blew it, but Chapman, Britton, and Canely were all great. Obviously, Paxton was great. Um, man, what, what were you guys' thoughts about that game? That, that was that was an awesome game on Sunday. That was that was like a genuinely feel-good victory. Uh, I mean, I, I felt good. I was glad that they won, but I just think that this is the kind of game that the Yankees really can't afford to have. Like, it looks bad because they were winning 5 nothing and – you know, the bullpen didn't pitch well, like those two guys. You know, Adovino's mostly been pretty good, so I'm not worried about that. Chad Green has been catching a lot of flack because he really hasn't been pitching well. So, I mean, hard to really argue bring him into a 5 nothing game. Uh, it's just, you know, the Yankees, with all their injuries in the lineup, they really can't afford to, you know, to have what's supposed to be a strong point of their team, you know, fail them like this and it you know not even a five nothing game but like you know a two to one or a three nothing game anything like that you know and you can't really you're not gonna be able to rely on austin romine you know getting two or three hits and tying the game for you the next time around um chad green i feel bad for the guy because he was really good a couple years ago and he really hasn't been that great since then and i think back to 2017 you know chapman had that really bad stretch Batanzas had that really bad stretch and Joe Girardi demoted them, right? He brought Chapman into the seventh inning a couple times that year. So I think Chad Green, um, you know, probably needs to, you know, be bumped down a little bit. You know, Luis Sessa has been pretty pretty good, pretty useful. Um, Adovino has been good. You know, Britain has been mostly pretty good. Canely maybe moving up a little bit, getting back to where he was. Like, 
I think that there's some stuff in the bullpen that needs to be ironed out. And I think, I mean, Holder, I wouldn't want to see him too much more, but I think Green needs to maybe, um, you know, take a bit of a break. And, uh, but yeah, the Yankees really can't afford to play this game with the bullpen or with their pitching. Their pitching really has to carry them. And, you know, they can't afford, they don't have that margin of error to play with right now. You know, I'm going to echo what, what Matt just said there. Like, obviously, with the team they have right now, um, with the lack of offensive firepower, this isn't a game that you really can afford. If you take an early lead, you have a good starting pitching performance. It's the kind of game that a team like they are constructed right now just needs to ride out and get the win. They're going to have to win a lot of ugly, gritty games like this. Um, but, I mean, G, you also noted that you may need to knock Chad Green down a peg or two. I've been pretty critical of him since about midway through last year. Uh, I think he had some like 17 straight scoreless appearances at midpoint of last year, and then kind of the wheels fell off. I mean, how much lower leverage can you have than coming into a 5 nothing game? Yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's not like he, he's coming in with, with men on base. He's got to get out of jamming. Clean inning, you have a 5 nothing lead. That's pretty low leverage, and even then he kind of choked. Mm. Um, but despite all that, I really loved what I saw today from Tommy Canley. Uh, maybe Boone pushed Paxton a little too much. I mean, he did throw 110 pitches in his start against Boston earlier in the week. So six innings, 12 strikeouts, probably you know, no need to push your luck there. But Canley came in and shut the door through a couple really, really nasty 90-mile-per-hour change-ups that just baffled the Royals hitters. Uh, and ultimately, what else can you say about Austin Romine, um, who, who, as of right now, until Gary's back later in the week, is your everyday starting catcher, came through with not one but two clutch hits. Um, Talkman obviously let off the 10th inning with, with a double down the line. That, that was huge. Um, these are the games they're going to have to win. Obviously, they had a 5 nothing lead. You think they would kind of just ride that, that lead out and, and kind of coast to the win on the back of their starting pitching and bullpen. Um, but when the bullpen fails you for the offense to pick them up and, and kind of win an ugly game like they did today uh, until they get back guys like Stan and judge and Gregorius and Hicks and Anduhar, it's going to have to be wins like they did today. Uh, so that was encouraging. Yeah. It was just, that's the thing. It was a feel good win because it went from being literally almost a nightmare. Like it was, a, cause look, there really was just almost one bad, in, like one bad half inning that entire game, right? Like the rest of the game, you know, we're up five nothing. Everything was Paxton striking everyone out. Frazier hits another home run. Everything's looking good, and you know, then a six spot happens. But you know, we're right. We were tied ten minutes later. You know, it was almost like nothing happened. Chapman looked, looked really good. Um, so did Britain. And yeah, it's it's a situation with Green. Like, how could you you really? Because there are some people. You know, saying, "Whoa, where's Britain? Where's this?" It's like, look, man, it's a five-nothing game. If Boone at that point brought in Holder, you couldn't even be mad at him because it's like, yeah, five runs, seventh inning. You know, like he's got room to like, all right, if he gives up like two or three base runners in a row, fine. You know, two runners on, nobody out. Like you're up five. Like you can trade outs for runs. It's not that dire of a situation. Like Adavino, you're going, Andrew. No, I was gonna say, like, as far as Adavino's lack of of effectiveness today. I think he gave up 
the double and the two home runs on a combined six pitches. Yeah, it happened. And so granted, fast. a couple of them were a few get me over sliders and fastballs. Yep. Uh, especially the home run to um, Alex Gordon was a, a slider kind of right in the middle of the plate. He hung that one. But he's been so good for us this year. And, and I almost want to give credit to the Royals hitters for being aggressive. Uh, I mean, most times you're not going to get that kind of hard hit contact off out of, you know. Um, and, and they kind of just jumped on a couple of mistakes. So he's n- not normally that ineffective, and, and they kind of just made it work today. So credit for them. Right. Like sometimes, think, sometimes hitters just make good hit, good hits on good pitches, right? For for Green, I mean, again, he's been catching a lot of flack. He, he has like a 12-something ERA for the season. I feel bad for the guy. And – I mean, Andrew, I, I definitely agree with what you said. You know, it's hard to have much lower leverage than like a 5 nothing game. But I think Boone has to protect his player a little bit, you know, in the short term and see if he can't get him right. Like, you know, get him, you know, some try and come into some, you know, if, if you can afford it, you know, not a blowout. But, you know, with a little margin for error, like if you have a game similar to today, but like protect him a little bit. Like don't let the bases get loaded next time. If you see he doesn't have it, and, um, you know, a, a base runner, too, just don't want to get to that point because I think it's not really helping him. He's not getting any better as the situation gets worse, and it just puts them in a bad spot. But I don't even think it's a matter of effectiveness. I, I, I think at this point it's, it's the fact that the guy throws a 95-mile-per-hour fastball right down the middle like 75% of the time. I mean, his thing when he was really effective in 2017 was that he had – the long stride and he had that 95, 96, 97 mile power fastball that played like a hundred because he had the long stride like a David Robertson had, but the book is out on him at this point. Everyone knows the guy throws, you know, 75% fastballs, mixes in a couple of sliders. If they could just sit on the fastball, everyone knows what's coming. And it's at a point where he doesn't have a couple bad outings here or there. Like Holder makes a couple of bad pitches, but he still looks good against a couple of other batters. Chad Green just throws the same pitch, and players are just waiting on it and teeing off on it. Yeah, he, he just has like no like if you want to pitch how he pitches, you know, throwing a lot of fat. Like if you're a relief pitcher and you want to throw a lot of fastballs and you're not, you know, sitting high nineties, you better have pinpoint accuracy because really MLB hitters are just going to rip mid nineties fastballs and that are in the zone. It's just how it is, and man, he just has no like there are pitches today. You know, Roman setting up for a fastball outside and pitches inside. He just has no control right now, and yeah, he's been he's just been absolutely brutal. And I like Chad Green. I, I still have confidence in the dude, but yeah, he's got to get right, man, because he's he's so low in the pecking order right now in terms of relief pitchers you trust. I mean, he might he might be a little holder for Christ's sake. I mean, he's been. I mean, what's the next stop? Really, it's probably Triple A. I mean, I, I'm not sure. If he struggles go, enough, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we're there yet, but man, if, it, if this keeps up, then. Yeah, he, he might need a, you know, maybe obviously you can't afford to just put anyone in the aisle right now, but maybe if this keeps up in a few weeks, maybe just give him like a, hey, uh, he's hurt, but really he just needs two weeks to just reset and like re- refresh because, yeah, it's it's not been good for Chad Green. Uh, Adovino, really, yeah, he threw a couple duck sliders today, but I don't think you need to worry about him too much. Um, right, and again, he kind of got out of that gym. Yeah. I mean, he, he he like I said, they and look, they got not, they, they got, got three extra base hits on six pitches, and then he got three outs after that. I mean, it was a couple 
couple of weak pitches and Kansas City was aggressive and they took advantage. But, I mean, he still buckled down after that and got three outs, bang, bang, bang after that. And here's what I was saying. Like, look, I'm, I'm, I hate to criticize Boone for this because you really you know, did need to get Green out of there. But it's really not easy for anyone to come in with bases loaded, nobody out. Like, you're right away forced to, like, hey, man, you don't have an open base. You can't, like, just walk, you know, you can't just come in and, like, you know, mess around and throw a couple of junk balls, like, you know, and get behind two, three out. Like, you have to come in and attack guys right away. And a lot of times for relief pitchers, that kind of messes with their psyche. You know, it's not just having runners on base, not not just having a clean inning. It's having the bases loaded and needing to throw the ball in the zone. And for a guy like Adovino, that just, you know, doesn't mix well a lot of times. So, I don't know, man. If I, if I, I think Boone had to do that again. I think he would have left Green in for maybe like one more batter because you know what you know maybe he gets an maybe it's a ground out maybe he gets an out like just give Adovino like an out give him like some don't put I really just don't believe in putting guys in in a bases loaded no out situation unless you unless it's like a one run game and you know the game is about to be over if you don't take this guy out right like it was a five nothing game like if what was the worst thing that could have happened there right five nothing game Chad Green base load no out he gives up a grand slam you're still winning. Right, even if that happens, then you bring out a veto and he's up one and he has a clean inning with nobody on. So yep. I'm, I'm not gonna get too into Boone about that, but I just I'm just somebody that does not believe in putting a reliever in a bases loaded, nobody out situation, unless it's like the end of the game and it's a tie game, right? That's different. But you know, in a five run game, I think he should have maybe left Chad Green out there to get out of his own mess. Um but hey, it's it, nevertheless they got the win. Uh two clutch hits from Romine at the end of that game. Uh, the Yankees are 11 and 10 now. They're 11 and 10, a game over 500. Um, too early to talk about, you know, where they are in the standings. But I mean, just look, man, this is like the whole, like almost the theme of this episode. That's something I've been pushing for the last few days. This team just needs to keep grinding, man. They just need to take it game by game. They're going to lose, you know, more like more games than Yankee fans like want, obviously. But I mean, I think I said a few a week ago, if they could just be 500 at the end of the month, you know, at or around 500, they're they're cruising because once they get healthy, it's it's just going to be like, like, just imagine like if this team is when they let's say this team, they might never be fully healthy, but let's say they're mostly healthy by mid June and they're at that point four games over five hundred. Well, it's like hey, we, we've been playing five hundred baseball with you know Gio Urshela and Mike Talkman and Clinton, just a bunch of guys who really aren't major leaguers. And we've still been over 500. And then you get back Giancarlo, you get back Gary, hopefully you get back Didi, Judd. All these guys are going to come back, and it's just going to be like a, a, an injection, a shock. Um, so really, this team needs to keep grinding. They, they really – I know this is such a tough ask, but, man, the starting pitching was just phenomenal this week. I mean, just packs into great starts. Tanaka, a great start. CeCe, a great start. Even Happen Herman. You know, they both went six innings, three runs. Those, like – when those are your quote unquote worst starts of the week, your guy guy going six innings and letting up three runs, man, you, that's that's winning baseball. So guys, I'll start with you, G. Who was your player of the week? If you had to pick one, there's three, uh, like there's three kind of like main. There's really only three choices. Like three guys. Like obviously, hate to just like take that away from Roma and leave him as the odd man out, but there's three main guys who I think are, were the players of the week. G, who's yours? Uh, I'm gonna go with Clint Frazier, and uh, I think it's. You know, he's, you know, he was out all last year. They thought, you know, I mean, he was okay in spring training, and they thought that maybe uh, he would need some time to shake off the rust because he really didn't play much last year. Um, you know, injuries put a quick stop to that. He was up with the team pretty quickly. And now even more with the injuries, um, he's going to be 
you know, maybe finding himself hitting fourth like he did today or, you know, fifth in the lineup. And this week he was 10 out of 29. He scored four runs. He hit three home runs. He had a, uh, you know, the big home run today uh, to extend the lead. And, um, yeah, the seven RBIs, he was, uh, he batted 345 for the week. And, you know, we heard a lot, you know, when they acquired him a couple of years ago about, you know, the quote unquote legendary bat speed. But I mean, no, no one seems to really be fooling him these days. And I mean, the bat looks fast, come through the zone. It really does. So, I mean, he might not be like a quote unquote, you know, home run hitter, like the guys that they lost out of the lineup due to injury, but he hits the ball hard. He hits it with authority and he's hitting it to all fields kind of. So, I mean, it's, you know, he had a good week and, I mean, I, I can't imagine he's going to be going anywhere. To be honest, I, I, I don't know how the Yankees demote Clint when, when they're healthy at this point. I mean, he's playing too too good of baseball right now. Uh, for me, I'm going to say the week's MVP was James Paxton. I mean, what else can you say about a guy who you know goes 14 innings, strikes out, 24 guys. Uh, I think they said, I think the stat that Yankees PR tweeted a couple hours ago is that he's the first Yankee ever and only what, like the 11th or 12th pitcher in major league history to throw consecutive scoreless outings with 12 or more strikeouts. I I mean, the guy is as locked in as you can possibly get and coming off a really bad series loss to the White Sox last weekend came out on Tuesday night and absolutely dominated the defending champion Red Sox and backed it up today with six more innings shut out 12 strikeouts. I mean, the guy is more than we could have imagined when we traded away justice Sheffield. Uh, if you go back to the trade for, for Andrew Miller a couple years ago, the Yankees got back Sheffield who of course became Paxton and Clint Frazier. I mean, those two guys this week were uh, inarguably the most important players on our team. And it's just incredible, you know, how much crap that, you know, the Twitter GMs will, will give night after night for Brian Cashman. Oh, we didn't sign Manny Machado. We didn't sign Bryce Harper. We didn't do this, this, and that. But James Paxton has been everything the Yankees could have needed, uh, especially so that, that Severino's out for who knows how long, July, possibly. Uh, I mean, he is our ace right now. Tanaka's quote-unquote the number one guy, but Paxton has been our best starter, and, and I'm so excited for what he's going to be able to bring night uh, every fifth day uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah, so you guys pick Clint and Paxton, obviously both great weeks. Um, I'm going to go with Mike Kaufman, and look, I'm going to start off right now. This is what I said about him. On our last episode, complaint of the weekend, just overall our biggest complaint. I'll start it off. Um, Alex just mentioned him. I am so fucking sick of Mike Talkman. Like I am just so sick of having to watch Mike Talkman. Like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. Like you watch. So that was that was our last episode, and since then, uh, Mike Talkman six for seventeen, five extra base hits, three home runs, eight RBIs. <laughs> He's playing good outfield. He's, he's a good base runner. I mean, this guy knows what he's doing out there. Like, look at this. Well, what the hell happened over the week? But no, in all honesty, he just—he was phenomenal this week. Just, I mean, it's funny because no one when he hit his first home run, it was his first big league home run, and like no one even knew it. They said 
uh like he said to clint on the bench like you know that was my first home run and clint was like wait what like oh, really like shit dude we gotta fucking like he like telling everyone to dug out i mean this dude like it's just he was such like a mystery everyone hate he was literally the most hated yankee after that white Sox series he was just looked so bad and all of a sudden this week man he has an approach he's putting balls out to right field just just phenomenal by talkman i mean you talk about guys stepping up you talk about guys you know, next man up. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Mike Talkman, just what a week for the dude. I mean, hats off. Like you see, like here, like here's the thing. You just love being wrong about stuff like this. You love like it's because it so rarely happens when you're just complaining about a guy who's just you know doesn't belong in the Yankees. Whether it's Chris Carter or any Stephen Drew, or any of these guys, any former Yankees who have just been so bad. They, they usually just you know really don't turn around or don't really have that any like moments. And Mike Talkman this week. Like I just read the number six or 17, five extra base hits, three homers, eight runs batted in, had a double off sale. I mean, phenomenal week for Mike Talkman. He's my player of the week. Um, now, uh, let's, uh, let's switch it up a bit because, you know, let's just go with our biggest complaint of the week. I'll start. Um, my biggest complaint of the week is the Yankees strength and conditioning staff. Um, what, what, what the fuck are these? What, what are we paying these guys for? We're not paying them, but. What are these guys getting paid? What are these guys doing? How does this team have so many injuries? It's unbelievable. Uh, I've never seen anything like it in you know, a sport like baseball where, yeah, sure, you have injuries, you have, you know, aches and pains, but Jesus Christ, this many injuries this during the season, I, by far my biggest complaint of the week. I, I just, It's terrible. It's pathetic. Uh, gee, what, would you, what was your one big complaint uh, for the past week? Not a lot, a lot when you have when you win five of six games. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know. It's it's it seems like nitpicking because they went five and one. But I mean, I guess maybe I'll just go with it's it's come up before. But I'll just go with lineup, the lineup construction, and um, obviously you're gonna have to get creative when, um, you know, all the guys that they have out are out. But like, it just I don't know. Boone. It seems like the analytics play such a tremendous role, right? Like you have Luke Voigt. I think he was betting second today, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just—I mean, you have all these all these guys out of the lineup. Like, I know what the analytics say. You want to get your impact players the most at bats, but like, maybe have him bat third or fourth, you know, with a chance to hopefully drive someone in. Like Gardner can bat second, or you know, Gardner like Lemayhu can bat first and second, and put Voit. And Frazier and Glaber, whoever you're going to put in those spots, a chance to actually drive people in. Like, it's just weird. Yeah, Voight coming up second. You know, we always complained about that for Judge. Like, it's just annoying. I mean, the bottom of your lineup at this point is going to be, you know, Romine and, you know, whoever's in the lineup, Wade or Talkman or whoever. But, like, they still have enough major league quality hitters where they can put together, you know, a decent top four or five in the lineup. And, it was enough to win them the five games this week, but I still think that it could be better. I'm going to go a slightly different direction. Uh, I'm kind of at the point where I'm numb to the injuries. Uh, I mean, every new one still surprises me, but I mean, how much can we beat up the strength and conditioning like, we team? Didn't even, before, we didn't like, Greg Bird. Like, we didn't even mention Greg Bird. Yeah. Like Bird and Tulowitzki, like and minor guys. I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna kind of switch it up, and you know, with the team as battered and bruised as they are, 
they need timely hitting, they need strong starting pitching, and they need a lockdown bullpen. And right now, Jonathan Holder and Chad Green are not providing that. Um, and for me, that's my biggest complaint of the week is that these guys have been rocks in our in, in our bullpen um, last year and, and for Green all the way back to 2017. They just don't really have anything right now. And it's hurting what we can do. I mean, right now, if you look at the bullpen, you probably have maybe three reliable arms uh, without Batances. You have Britton, who there was an injury scare today, but I think he's going to be fine. Um, Chapman looked fine. I know there was uh, a threat of him giving up the lead, but I mean, what can you do about Billy Hamilton stealing a couple bases? Once he got a base uh, hit, you knew he was stealing second. Yeah, was, yeah, that was like the worst possible scenario. It was him leading off the inning. This guy's stealing single. every base, like a runner on third. Right, right, and, and, and I'm not gonna get too bent out of shape about what Adovino did today. I mean, the guy's been lights out for the most part, and, and like I said a couple times already, the Royals jumped on him for three extra base hits on six pitches. They were swinging early in the count. And I mean, if the book is going to be out on him that he throws a lot of ducks early in the count, you know, I got to trust that Larry will, will, will direct him to throw a couple sliders in the dirt early in the count. I mean, that's not something that's going to be a long-term issue, but those two guys really got to get back on track because it led so much depth to the bullpen and we're going to need them to provide length when we don't have a lot of offensive firepower for the next few weeks. Yep, absolutely. So uh, that'll just about uh, wrap it up for the recapping the past week. Uh, let's look at this uh, four-game set against the Angels, huh, to wrap up the show. Um, yep, you, you know, everyone on the East Coast, get ready. The Yankees, Monday through Friday, are going to be playing at 10 o'clock. Or, excuse me, Thursday's game is at 9 against the Angels. But, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we got 10 o'clock games. Uh, Man, those late games are brutal. Uh, and, you know, the late games, the games out West, they always seem to somehow to go three and a half plus hours. And it's like 1 a.m., 1.30 when the game ends. Uh, but, yeah, the Yankees are playing the Angels. The Angels are 9-13 at this point, uh, not having too good of a season. The pitching matchups, Monday will be Hap versus <laughs> the Dark Knight, Matt Harvey, who's had a terrible start to the season. Uh, Domingo Herman versus Stratton. Sabathia versus uh, Pena, and then Tanaka versus Cahill. So the Yankees pretty much have the pitching advantage in all four games. This should be a series where even as battered as they are, should at least win two games. Um, they have the Giants in San Francisco over the weekend. But guys, how we uh, how are we feeling going into this uh, series against the Angels? Uh, you know, teams banged up. We should have Gary back Wednesday, so that's that's a positive. Um, Really, I'm just I'm just looking for the starting rotation to really, you know, just continue to shine. Um, hopefully Hap has, you know, because Hap, his last start it was solid, but it wasn't still wasn't like great. You know, he still gave up two home runs. Uh, hopefully Hap could really have his his first great start of the year. Herman um, has been great all year. Same obviously, CC goes. We'll have his third start Wednesday. Um, Massa Thursday. Just man, this starting rotation, I, I can't get over how good they've been because I really was skeptical going into the season. I thought that would be this team's biggest concern, but man, I don't think I'd be worrying more about the bullpen on April 21st and the starting rotation. I'll tell you that. So, uh, gee, give me a, one thing to watch for in this, uh, series against the angels. Um, obviously Mike trout, they're going to have to face that guy. That's not going to be fun. Um, never is guys. So just always hitting, never cold, but yeah, gee, what's one thing you're watching for 
in this four game set? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to, I won't go into any further than the, the pitching that you did because they've been pitching well. And if they continue to pitch well, then it'll make winning the series much easier. But I think it's just the kind of offense that they've been playing, right? Can they continue to win games with, you know, I mean, Clint Frazier, seven RBIs this week. Talkman had, what was it, eight? Like, you know, Gardner had, at this point, I think probably, you know, six or seven RBIs. Like, those are the guys who you have to get the big hits from. So if, and Romine, you know, a couple of hits today, like, you know, mix in a couple of hits from, um, you know, from everyone. Like, it's not how they drew it up, but I just, you know, you know, Judge said they're going to make a run at the home run record. Like, it's not that lineup by any stretch, but they won five games out of six this past week. And, um, you know, they're going to need to continue to get hits from those guys to win these games. So if they can continue to play this kind of, you know, hit a couple home runs and grind it out and get base hits and, you know, play the small ball that we didn't think they'd have to play, then they should win. So I'm just interested to see what kind of offense they can put together. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm kind of more concerned what the bullpen's going to be able to do. I, I think we kind of saw on Thursday night um, that you're going to get a couple nights where the offense just looks out of sync. And uh, that, I mean, yeah, that's going to happen. happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. you really can't expect the lineup as currently constructed um, to put up seven runs a game like they did today. Um, I, I know there's some some you know, soft pitching matchups. You got like Nat Harvey. Uh, on the docket and Chris Stratton guys, but uh, I really need to see the bullpen step up. Uh, usually, for whatever reason, the the West Coast games always seem to come down to late innings. And uh, I think, as we remember a couple of years ago, um, it, it always seems like around midnight, one a.m., the Yankees are gagging away these games on the West Coast. Uh, if the bullpen can rise to the occasion, that'll be what keeps them in all these games. Uh, and at the very least, take two, if not three, um, from uh, outside of Mike Trout, pretty weak Angels team. Yeah, um, yeah, that was my bad. I was just looking at Matt Harvey's stats. Um, you know, he had a good opening day start, six innings, two runs, but his three starts in April, he's combined for 12 and two-thirds innings, 22 hits, 19 runs, 18 earned, three home runs, so... He's been very bad his last three starts. He had a good first start, though. But, yeah, this is really – it's a matchup that – like, because there are t- – you know, there's there's just certain games out there, not even against, like, great teams, but that will just have tough pitching matchups. And not pa- pitching matchups, and I think those are the games where, you know, it's going to be – hey, it's going to be your grind. Like, I think the Yankees are going to have to face Bumgarner this weekend. So, you know, don't be surprised if that game if Bumgarner just shuts down the Yankees because, really, this, this lineup and this team overall right now, it's susceptible to that. You know, you're just going to have games where they only score a run. Maybe they get shut out, you know, because man, because look, even, even a fully healthy Yankees team, that's going to happen too. So you damn well know it's going to happen to a team that's mostly injured. So yeah, you just don't be surprised if they have one of those duff games or one of just a total flop game. Like they kind of did against in the uh, series against the Royals, right? First game of the series, you kind of come out just almost a lifeless game. You score one run in the first and that's it. You know, that could easily happen again, but man, I'm just, I'm just so happy. This was such a feel good episode. I'm so happy. This team's a game above 500. Um, I said they needed to go four and two at the beginning of the week. They went five and one. Great job. I'll take that. Um, but yeah, that's our show. Um, 
got a, some late games this week. Uh, we'll be up watching them. Um, man, it's just well, late games always make the pod so hard to record because you don't know whether to record like before the game or during or after. It's just it messes everything up. I hate West Coast baseball. I really do. And like you said, Andrew, the games just always grind out. The games always drag on. They always, you know, seem to score under leads late out west. I remember, I think it was two years ago. They were playing; like, they had a series in Oakland, and I was doing the recap. The game ended at like two forty, and they lost an extra. It was just, just brutal. But hey, let's let's just keep grinding, right? This team just needs to keep grinding, keep getting great performances from their starting pitchers. Um, not exactly twelve strikeout performances and back to back starts like James Paxton's doing. Like goddamn animal, man! Only the second time in Yankees history, but yeah, just just some good baseball this week, huh? I mean, anytime you—I know it's only two games sweep, but anytime you sweep the Red Sox, take the first two games from them, feels good. One drubbing, one come from behind win. Then you take, you know, you do what you need to do against a bad Royals team, even with most of your team hurt. Great week for the Yankees. Hopefully, Judge New sucks, but hopefully, you know, getting Gary back Wednesday. Hopefully Stanton and Hicks are both back by the beginning of May. And that's all we got. Uh, Andrew G., you guys, guys have any final thoughts? There's something in the water at Yankee Stadium. That's all I got. <laughs> yep. I agree with that. Andrew, yeah, nothing for me. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> well, everyone, this was a good Easter episode, right? Um, for Luigi, for G, for Andrew, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. And the Yankees are over 500. Let's go.